Good morning from the racing capital of the world. My name is Nick Sturgeon, your host. Thank you for listening to episode 51 of the Cyber.Now podcast, your spot for learning about all things tech, cybersecurity, politics, and policy. I want to thank our show sponsor, Delta Research. I cannot thank them enough for their continued support. I also want to thank all of you who are listening to this episode right now for taking time out of your day. Time is the one resource that we do not get back and are not guaranteed. I really appreciate you spending that valuable resource on this podcast. We are in the throes of the month of May. A week from today will be the 103rd running of the Indianapolis 500. Yes, this is May. Hashtag it up. Yesterday was qualifications and today is poll slash bump day. Though with the weather that is supposed to be coming into town, I am not for sure if they will be able to get any of the activities, the running in for today. So basically what happens is today the Fast 9 will be shooting it out for that top spot, the pole position for, again, the 103rd running of the Indianapolis 500. And then there's the bottom six. Basically, from 30 to 36, we'll be shooting it out for the last three spots of the field of 33. Now, with the weather, this is Indiana. This is how the month goes. The drivers and the teams have to compete against the weather as much as they have to compete against each other. As it stands, the top three are Simon Piggott, Will Power, and Simon Pagano. The bottom six, again, who are vying for those covenant last three spots of the field of 33 are Alonzo, Hinchcliffe, Max Chilton, Kyle Kayser, and Sage Karam. Two of these six are really top names for the series, Hinchcliffe and Alonzo. Alonzo is a F1 driver world champion who has run the Indy 500 once previously, and Hinchcliffe, who is one of the top names. He's one of the fan favorite drivers. Didn't actually make the field last year, being in a similar situation that he finds himself in this year. And going back to last year, there was speculation that his team may actually bump another one of the drivers so he could run the 102nd running of the Indianapolis 500. Now, had they made this move, there would have been a lot of controversy. There would have been a a blow to the tradition of the uh, Indianapolis 500 because Hinch is was and is being sponsored by one of the major companies that is sponsoring the the series, Honda, and him not running the race really wasn't quote-unquote good for business. But he ended up not running, and really for his purposes, he came out and wanted to keep the sanctity of the race as it was And since then, over the last 12 months, and more recently, there there has been some talk from a couple of the team owners, Penske and I believe Ganassi, that are wanting to have the 
full-time drivers in the series have a guaranteed spot for them in that field of 33. To me, there are a few things about this that are absolutely wrong. I get the teams that run full-time do spend a ton of time and money to participate in the series, and running in the 500 itself is not a cheap endeavor. Part of this month is a handful of teams do come together to put in a card just for this race. Personally, I think it's great for the sport. It is the greatest spectacle in racing. Why not put in all of your resources, put it all on the line for this race? Legends are made by those who win this race. To guarantee a driver's spot does go against everything that has built this race and has built the mystique and prestige of running in that covenant field of 33. For those of you who have listened to the show in the past, pretty much you know my position. Nothing but death and taxes is guaranteed in life. If a driver is given a spot and wins the race versus them qualifying for it and then going on to winning the race, to me, that lessens the victory. Given they still have to, if they were given a spot, they still have to make it all 500 miles and cross the finish line first. Not saying that's an easy task. It isn't an easy task. However, part of the challenge and part of what makes earning the 500 title so special is because of everything the teams and the drivers have to do and have to overcome to just be in the position to cross the yard of bricks first. Handing a team, handing a driver that happens to be a full-time team and full-time driver cheapens that. They didn't earn that spot, and they shouldn't earn that spot just because they're driving full-time. To me, this is purely the owners trying to guarantee that they will get a little return on their investment. Now, I don't necessarily, at least at a core principle, yeah, you put in money and you want to see some investment. But that's part of the risk. When you invest in something, nothing is guaranteed. You aren't guaranteed a return. To me, this is cronyism at a microcosm level. And I get Every single driver wants to run this race. It is the largest single day sporting event in the world. It is the greatest race there is. But part of that is because of the history. It is part of the previous drivers and teams sacrificing and putting everything that they have into being in the position to qualify in the top 33, being in a position to again cross that finish line first. But what is it if all of the work that you do to go in to earning whatever it is that you're going after, if it's just handed to you, does that work mean anything? Does going after a goal or an accomplishment where you don't have to risk anything, is that truly earning it? Does it truly fulfill you if you're not having to risk a little bit? 
In this race, having the pressure and the possibility that you may not get into the race is what makes getting in and being among the other 32 drivers that much more special. Having things handed to you lessens the overall experience. We value that accomplishment, that reward, less. And it leads us to a sense of entitlement. Well, because I did this, or I'm in this group, or whatever the case may be, I'm entitled to that reward. Same thing here. Well, I'm a full-time driver. I'm entitled to this. No, no, you're not. You have to go out and earn it. The sake of qualifying is just a facade at that point. Why even qualify? Just put the drivers in the order that you want to put them in and then go after. Well, I'm team so-and-so and I spend $100 million more than everybody else. I should have the number one spot. I should be in the pole position. I mean, is that really where it stops? Where is that line drawn of what these teams and what these drivers are entitled to? When we put everything that we have into achieving a goal, when we risk potentially everything that we have to get towards that end result, and then when we finally finish and cross that finish line, there is nothing sweeter and nothing more fulfilling than knowing you earned that accomplishment. But when you take a shortcut, take an entitlement, remove the risk, and cheat your way through, yeah, you may still cross the finish line, but the accomplishment means less if it means anything at all. Obviously, I do not agree with those team owners who are calling for this guaranteed spot. And more so, I applaud the owners who have publicly come out against it. Yes, I think it does go against the tradition of the 500. But my reasons for not wanting it are more than because it isn't traditional or it isn't following tradition. It's about having to, to work and earn what you get and not having things handed to you because you feel that you're entitled to that end product just because of who you are and what you do for a living or in some cases what you don't do. So on a similar note, I wrote a short blog on LinkedIn this past Friday and I want to share what I wrote with you but before I do that, I want to say for those of you who are first-time listeners, thank you for turning, tuning in. It is my goal to keep you coming back week in and week out. If you are a returning listener, your continued support is very much appreciated. Outside of listening, I ask only a couple of simple things, and, that's if, and that is if you find this show's content valuable. That is, go share the show with your network. Subscribe, rate, review, and go sign up for my mailing list at cyber.now.com. There, you can get all the latest news, insights, and behind-the-scenes information about the show. Now, do want to apologize. I am dealing with some allergies today and been dealing with them for the last week or so. So, I apologize for the sound of my voice. I'm a little bit congested and, again, dealing with some of this sinus and allergy crap that's going around right now. Okay, to get into the blog post. Almost four years ago, 
I decided to make a major career decision that would put me on a path to focus 100% on cybersecurity. This journey would mean turning in my badge and my uniform that I worked so hard to earn. The first step was a decision to pursue a position with the Indiana Office of Technology to spin up the Indiana ISAC. The second step was a position with an Indianapolis-based cybersecurity firm. This led me to a cybersecurity consulting position with a big four company. Now, almost four years later, in just as many moves, I am making another step forward. Each step I have taken has been deliberate and has fulfilled a specific purpose. Each venture was one that also challenged me to go beyond my limits. To take a step back just for one moment, nine months ago, I had the opportunity to join that big four firm. Talk about stepping out of my comfort zone and stepping into the big leagues. This was it. Since joining that firm, I have had the distinct pleasure of working with some of the best companies and some of the top cyber talent on the planet. Today, that comes to an end. A couple weeks ago, I was offered a position with a fantastic organization here in Indianapolis. I'm excited to announce that I have accepted an offer to be the Director of Information Security for a very well-known and prestigious organization here in Indianapolis. This position will be a big step up for me professionally and will keep me home much more than I have been over the last several months. I cannot thank those who are giving me this opportunity enough. For all of my family at my previous firm, thank you for being awesome. I have learned a ton from you and from the firm in such a short amount of time. A special thanks goes to those gentlemen who gave me the opportunity to join the firm in the first place. You guys really helped me in my transition to the consulting life and made me a part of the firm's family. I am truly fortunate to have worked with these amazing people and so many more. As well, I am fortunate to be joining an outstanding group of alumni of this firm. Now, this new position that I am starting actually starts on Monday. There is no rest for the weary. I'm not taking any time off. I'm jumping right in head first. To say that I'm beyond excited is an understatement. I am very much looking forward to the opportunities ahead and the challenges this new position will bring. Okay, that's it for this week's show, you guys. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks again to our sponsor, Delta Research, for supporting the show. Again, if you want to join in on the conversation, go to the show's webpage at cybernowpod.com. Visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to get a hold of me directly, you can find me on Twitter at the underscore Polititech or email me at nick at thepolititech.com. Finally, if you think this show is worthy, go to iTunes, Podbean, or your favorite podcasting platform to subscribe, rate, review, and don't forget to share the show. If you guys do all of that, 
I will be back again next week to do this thing once more. Until then, have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.